Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know I'm right on football. Nick Durst here, repping the orange and blue for the Mets because we know if Steve Cohen on the football team, they went to the Super Bowl, along with Joe Calabrese. Joe, a lot of football yesterday, a lot more football today. It's the playoffs. We're going to talk about, of course, the games yesterday, today's games, and then we're going to give our Super Bowl predictions here later on, and we're going to make you some money along the way. But – the report right now coming out is from Chris Mortensen, ESPN, saying that it's no guarantee now that Doug Peterson come back. And I think it's very telling. I'm sure some players probably went to him after last Sunday's debacle and said, I don't want to play for this guy. And it really impacted the playoffs because if the Eagles win that game, the Giants make the playoffs. And most likely – the Giants are probably going to beat the Buccaneers with the way the Bucs played last night. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, so we'll go point by point. Uh, first things first, this was the first Saturday uh, of the new NFL postseason format with the extra wildcard team, and we had three games yesterday spread out, uh, and it was it felt kind of natural. We had a game early at 1, had the game at 4, and then we had the late game. Uh, so everything kind of felt like uh, like a normal day, and you're 100% right. The Buccaneers did not look that good last night. Uh, Washington didn't play that well either, but Tampa Bay did not look good, and I do think with the way the Giants played on defense this season and with the way that they had already played Tampa Bay on that Monday night game way back when, I forgot what week it was, uh, but I do believe it was sometime in October, right? It was either late October or early November. Uh, so with the way the Giants defense played, I believe that game would have been closer had the Giants gotten to the playoffs. Last point, uh, Doug Peterson is on the hot seat. Uh, I do not know if he is going to lose his job or not. Uh, wasn't that much long ago that he won a Super Bowl. So it's uh, you're in a catch 22 here. Uh, he obviously botched the final game of the regular season 
uh, whether that was mostly on him, whether that was on G- general manager Howie Roseman. Uh, obviously, owner Jeffrey Lurie is not too pleased with him. Uh, you're 100% right in that situation. Uh, I think if you take it in a vacuum, what he did is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But if you're a player and you're a professional and you get paid a lot of money to do this and you take your job very, very seriously, and it doesn't matter if you have 11 wins at that point in the season, it doesn't matter if you have four wins at that point in the season, uh, regardless of what your record says you are, uh, regardless of everything that has happened at that point in this season, uh, these players, uh, these men, still have a lot of pride in what they do. Uh, they dedicate their most of their entire lives to do this. Uh, and, and obviously they did this, especially this season, with everything going on in the world during a pandemic. So for your coach to have treated the last game like he did under all those circumstances, obviously not good. Uh, I'm sure Doug Peterson is a is a terrific person to be around. I'm sure he's a terrific man. Uh, I think there should be questions regarding everything that happened. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Now, as everybody knows, I also do a show on this network. Mondays and Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, Destination Draft Day. Now, according to Michael Rockman, the NFL Draft Insider, his sources are telling him that looks like Brian Dabble is going to be the Chargers head coach, which I think would be a great fit there with Herbert. You right. got Urban Meyer to the Jaguars. Joe Brady, the Texans. Robert Sala to the Lions. No idea right now in Atlanta, and we'll see what happens if the Eagles are available. But the biggest surprise to me is Eric Bieniemy to the Jets. I'd be I'm surprised because I figured he'd have his chance to go wherever he wants, and I, I don't know why he'd want to unless he's like I think I love Justin Fields, but you know this, those are this a lot of jobs. A lot of jobs are open this year. Uh, yeah. Usually, usually there are about two jobs open at this point, and then maybe two or three more open up on Black Monday with a couple of firings. And we might have an uh, opening tomorrow after the Bears game today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we could be staring at a situation where I think uh, a quarter of the NFL's head coaching jobs, uh, there's a vacancy uh, for all those positions, and it's very possible you may see a playoff team. You know, I was going to bring up the Bears uh, that's a really, really great point. You know, I think Matt Nagy, depending on what they do today against the Saints, I think the Bears shop could very well be open. Uh, and their quarterback spot could be open too with all the public perception. But uh, we'll get to that in a little while. Uh, very, very interesting stuff nonetheless. Uh, I would love Eric Bieniemy on the Jets. I think he's a very creative mind. Uh, I believe with the second overall pick and now that the Seahawks lost yesterday, uh, that Jets pick, I'm sorry, the Seahawks pick that is going to the Jets f- from the Jamal Adams trade. So there's two first round picks. There's this year and there's next year. That pick this year is going to land somewhere between 22 and 24, which means the Jets are going to have the second overall pick. Uh, either that pick that falls between 22, 24. Obviously, they still have their high second round pick to maneuver around as they need. Uh, they have Seattle's pick next year. They have a potential opportunity to draft a quarterback, uh, and they have a really easy sell now to the the the, the coaches who are available. Uh, we have some draft capital for you to work with. Uh, we have a lot of cap space for you to work with. Uh, it has become much more 
of an intriguing opportunity to take over the course of the last four to six weeks than it was, we'll say, at the beginning of December when the Jets did not have a win. Coming off those wins late in the season against the Rams and the Browns, uh, the defense showed some moxie. They showed some toughness. Uh, I, I think it's it, it's definitely a better landing spot uh, than it was definitely a couple of weeks ago. So the other thing with the coaching search and whatnot, mentioned the Texans. Now there's rumors that Deshaun Watson wants out. Yes. But I'm, and I, you know, as soon as you hear that, that he's not talking, it, automatically Jets fans on Twitter are saying, let's trade Donald, the number two pick, the number 20 pick. I'm sorry, Jets fans. The Texans are not doing that. When you know you have a franchise quarterback, you don't trade right. him. Uh, right. A few years into so Deshaun Watson is not anywhere, and his hands are tied because he can either sit out, Le'Veon Bell style, and not get paid for years to come, or he can go and play, and he's going to go and play. Uh, and they got a great great hire there at GM Palacio coming down from the Patriots, who's been Belichick's right hand man for twenty years. Right. Uh, it, it seems like. When it comes to New England, the people who work in the front office, the personnel, the executives, uh, those people tend to translate well elsewhere more so uh, than the coaches in Belichick's uh, coaching tree. So that's going to be very interesting to see moving forward. Uh, Obviously, Scott Pioli had a lot of good success in the NFL for years. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you're hundred percent right. When you have, uh, in the, the immortal phenomenal words of, of Mike Francesa, right? Let's say you got the quarterback, huh? You got the quarterback. Okay. You got the quarterback. Nothing else matters. When you get the quarterback, quarterback stays, everybody else always goes. So, uh, you're more likely to see, I think JJ Watt get traded. Uh, now that he's kind of in the twilight of his career, uh, still He'd very be a great player. Perfect fit with the Giants. They need to add Russia. Yeah, I think JJ Watt's going to end up uh, pulling a Demarcus Ware, where he kind of dictates where he goes at the end of his career, plays out the final two or three years, and uh, goes to a team that has the opportunity to contend and win a championship. But maybe he uh, plays the Steelers, goes to the Steelers, joins his brother, goes back. I think to it's Wisconsin, possible. I think joins I the think Packers. Certainly, yeah, certainly possible. Uh, Steelers would be a really nice fit. Obviously, that defensive. Line is really good with Casey Hayward, uh, TJ Watt. Uh, obviously, the brothers playing together would be would absolutely tremendous. Uh, the Steelers have a, a rich, uh, strong defensive culture that not a lot of other teams can, you know, boast. Uh, I think the Bears are certainly a fit. Uh, we saw this a couple years ago. They always kind of seem to be involved in these guys in the late stages of their career. Um, going to be very, very interesting to see, but I think. Uh, what you're seeing in Houston uh, will end up turning out to be everybody else is going to go and the entire rest of the organization is going to be rebuilt from the top down, uh, except for Deshaun Watson. Watson will stay. I believe that they'll figure out a way to uh, make him uh, more satisfied with the direction that they're going in, uh, piece him in the ways that they they have to. Uh, so I think Watson will end up staying. Although, what I will say to this is there are only, I think, three or four teams that have the assets uh, or the draft capital available to go after Deshaun Watson in a trade, and I do believe the Jaguars and the Jets are two of those teams. Interesting. Now, the all-pro team came out, and 
It's bad enough Blake Martinez didn't make the pro ball, but now he's not an all pro. <laughs> the guy was by far the best linebacker in the league this year. He was, he was excellent this year. So, I don't yeah, know. Pro ball, pro ball, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's a pro bowler. <laughs> uh, he can't catch a ball. Yeah, I know. Oh, boy. Yeah, but you're right. Martinez was certainly robbed. He was very good this season. All right, so yesterday, big day of football. I uh, gave my picks on Friday with Brian. Yep. And, you know, I've had the bit. I had all three. I had all three winners that won, won the game. We did I won great the yesterday. Bills, the points, Bills, I was off. I knew the Washington football team was going to come through, and I knew the Los Angeles Rams were going to win outright. So, pretty good day with the picks there. But we'll start with the first game, and that was none other than my guy, Josh Allen. Josh Allen mm-hmm. leading the Bills to a very close 27-24 victory over Philip Rivers, who played great, and Jonathan Taylor's. Indianapolis Colts, Bills are moving on. No surprise there. Nope. Man, Josh Allen is just a special, special player, Joe. And if he Very can get the Super Bowl here, he's going to be in the elite of the elite with Mahomes and Rodgers. Very good game for both teams. Uh, both teams are good on both sides of the ball. Although uh, the Bills' defense yesterday let allowed uh, more offensive yards uh than you would typically want at this time of the year. So that's one thing that they do have to clean up. Uh, but you are a hundred percent right on Josh Allen. And uh, what I will say to this is I mentioned this to you yesterday when we were having a conversation last year, the bills made the playoffs and they lost that ridiculously outrageous playoff game to the Texans on the road. And I said this to you uh, yesterday, the fact that they lost that game, made them tougher this time around. And sometimes you have to crawl before you can walk. Sometimes you have to make the playoffs one or two times and you have to see the the the, the bigness or the stage of, of a playoff game uh, to truly understand it and then to be able to pull out victories. And I think the Bills uh, coming off of last year, getting Stefan Diggs in the trade in the offseason, which I think was one of, one of the best moves I think any team has made all season. I think Josh Allen and and Diggs are an unreal combination together. I think they're one of the five best quarterback receiver combos in the league, if not top two or three. Obviously, it's hard to supplant Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and at Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So to me, I think a definitive one and two. Uh, But I think Allen and, and Diggs now are right there. They were able to move the ball yesterday. Diggs had 128 receiving yards and a touchdown. He's exactly what that offense needed. Uh, Josh Allen made that ridiculous play yesterday. Just absurd play that, again, only two or three other guys in the whole league can make, and I just named two of them. Right. Probably Mahomes, Rodgers, and Heineke are the only guys that can make that play. And Heineke. (laughs) Watch the football fans crack yourself up with a Heineken. That's right. Uh, But uh, of the three games yesterday, that was clearly the best game. It was clearly the closest game. Uh, if you know, I got a text here from one of our listeners, Joe Foreman, who sells a ton of stuff on eBay. He says, yes, he says, Josh Allen is my guy. He sells the most jerseys of any player. All right. So he's your guy and he's, he's his guy. That's fine. You could both be Josh Allen guys. That's fine. Ben right, Wagner. Brustman, who is our guy. Both of our, our guys. Guy. 
He says, do you think that Stefan Diggs' addition was different this year and the Bills making the playoffs and the reason for Allen's breakout season? Not for making the playoffs, but definitely a difference maker yesterday in the win. Well, the Bills were a playoff threat before Diggs got there. Now that Diggs is there, right. Now that Diggs is there, it seems like for real, he elevated that team at least one level. And depending on how the rest of the postseason plays out, it's very possible he elevated them a couple levels. So we're going to have to see and wait how that plays out. But he is absolutely a difference maker. He's one of the best route runners in the league. Uh, I'm not really too much of a fan of going after skill position players and trades and paying them a lot of money. I think you're, you're really rolling the dice there. But in this case, uh, it, it seems like exactly what that team needed. And uh, I think both players have benefited tremendously from one another. They play off each other extremely well. Yeah, it's it's really fun to watch the Bills offense. Uh, they got to be better defensively, though. Uh, and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about where we see them ending up. But if they end up facing the Chiefs, bet me over on that one because it's not going to be much defense. Right. And we'll see what happens if they're playing the Steelers next week. So fun game. Bills won. Next game we came up was the Rams and the Seahawks. And Joe, your guy, Russell Wilson, was on the floor a lot. He was terrible yesterday. Sat all over the place. He had a – he – consistently makes the playoffs one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, but there was no getting around it yesterday. He was bad. He was terrible. He was making plays that were unlike him. Uh, he was just putrid yesterday, and he was the reason why they lost. He, he should take responsibility. And what's interesting is the whole storyline with the Rams. Uh, they were in Seattle two weeks ago. They lost that game. And in the process of that game, they ended up losing the NFC West. And now that we wake up here on Sunday morning, January 10th, that loss doesn't matter now because the Rams went back two weeks later and beat them anyway. Right. So Jamal Adams smoking his cigar. Um, listen, I want to get the Rams here, but first I ask you a question, Jim. Yes, sir. Is Tom Coughlin a <laughs> Hall of Famer and a top 10 coach of all time? If you had to Who asked that. you that question? <laughs> I don't know if he's a top 10 coach. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, though. Definitely a Hall of Famer. Okay. Between his, time in, between his time in Jacksonville and what he was able to do for that franchise, getting them off the ground uh, at the very beginning of their, their stages of, of life as a franchise, and then for him to come around to the Giants, uh, take over a team that was not necessarily bad when he got there, but uh, they were breaking in a, a young quarterback, obviously, with Eli Manning. Uh, and so what he did between his time in Jacksonville and the Giants, the two Super Bowl rings, the impact that he's had on the game, he is absolutely 100% a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Is he a top 10 head coach? I don't know. He's one of a handful of coaches with multiple Super Bowl rings. So he's probably he's a, he's an all-time coach, I think. Remember, he also has, a, he also has rings because of the Giants' 90s runs when he was a special teams coordinator. But yeah. – you know, he the two most improbable Super Bowl runs of all time, no doubt about it. So if Tom Coughlin can get fired, who's a Hall of Fame coach, right. why can't Pete Carroll be fired? This guy has cost the Seahawks playoff games. He's cost them Super Bowls. And he gets an extension this year. And he's just being outcoached. And you know what? 
at this point, I don't think he cares because he's got his money, he's got his ring, and he's just going and pushing it to the end of the time here. That's, you know, my, my brain and Tom Coughlin, I'm sure. Like, what is Nick talking about yet? Pete Carroll should have been gone years ago. And I think there's a major issue with him being the head coach there with the Seahawks and turning your guy, Russell Wilson. So let's be fair. Uh, that team is a perennial 9, 10, 11, 12 win team every year. So if you do that, yes, a lot of the reason why you're you're in those games every year is because of Russell Wilson. So uh, he deserves some credit there. Uh, but Pete Carroll does deserve credit. Now, to your point, I agree with you. Uh, last year, you can't really pin on him because they went and they played a really, really tough game against Green Bay and they lost in the playoffs. But between the Super Bowl loss which is, I think, the hardest loss any team has ever faced in any sport in the history of pro sports. Uh, that is The Falcons, I think, would be worse. I disagree because there was no one play, I think, in the Falcons-Patriots game that swung a championship. Whereas with Seattle... How about Edelman's catch? You're, you're, that's fair, but I think... The fourth, the, the the goal line play with the pick, the, they how had about, the chance to run Lynch. How about Bill Buckner, 1986 World Series, game six? Well, I was in game six, so they had a whole game seven to play. But uh, I don't think there's been any single time in any single game or, or series where a championship swung on one play like like it did in that Seahawks-Patriots Super Bowl. Seahawks were supposed to run it with Lynch four times at the goal line and win the second ring. So. I think we have reached the point with Pete Carroll where he's got a bunch of disappointing playoff losses under his belt. And despite the success that he's had there, and he, I think he's a good coach. Do I think he's a great coach? I don't think so, but I do think he's a good coach. We've reached the point there where he has accumulated enough disappointing exits where I think you can about him potentially being on the hot seat. Now, I know you're 100% right. He just signed the extension. So when that happens, you kind of, you know, it's a foregone conclusion that those those guys are going to stay after they sign the extensions. But I do think it's fair that we should have a conversation about, you know, maybe Seattle should move on. I I don't think it, it's an outrageous talk. How about point. Carol back to the Jets? Hey, listen, I, I think he would be an upgrade. I think he's he he's a guy who is a motivator. I've, like Players who go there all speak very highly of him. Uh, he always gets the most out of every single guy who comes into that room. Um, but has he been a disappointment at times? Absolutely. And his disappointments have arguably – you know, cost Seattle opportunities to, to actually compete and get back to the Super Bowl. So I, I think, think it's, I think it's totally fair coach. to put him on the hot seat. Totally if Carroll's a head coach, I really think of three things. One, Vince Young leading the Texas Longhorns to the championship in the Rose Bowl. Greatest right. college football game of all time. Two, all the Reggie Bush mess scandal. And then three, the Seahawks losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's what I think of when I think of Pete Carroll. Now, Brustman says there's a saying that offense wins games, but defense wins championships. 
Was Russell Wilson's subpar play or the Seahawks' defensive fails yesterday the reason for the loss to the Rams? I think you got to put this on the Seahawks' offense yesterday. That's a great point. Um, I think I think responsibility for yesterday's loss is 60-40. 60% of the blame lying on the offense and, and Russell Wilson just simply not having a good game. And that's very, very disappointing to somebody like me who, who really likes him. And then 40% on the defense. But uh, I don't think it was the defense that led to the offensive struggles. I think it was the offensive struggles that put more pressure on the defense yesterday. So that was simply from, from my vantage point. Not to uh, the and, Rams, I, and I and I think you have to give credit to your your guy Jared Goff yesterday. He played well Absolutely. enough, and he made a few good throws throughout the course of that game. Despite having the thumb surgery, I think it was what twelve days ago yesterday. So it's thirteen days today. Uh, the fact that he had the, the the surgery on his thumb on his throwing hand, and the fact that he was able to stick in there yesterday and hang tough and make a couple throws and be able to lead a couple of drives. It was exactly what the Rams needed in order to win that game. Uh, but yeah, so I agree with you. I think it was definitely more Seattle's offense yesterday. They had a lot of struggles. You saw DK Metcalf on the sidelines blow up a couple of times. Uh, kind of seemed like they were a little in disarray the whole game. They never really got that. It they never really got had it all together at any point yesterday, and you you definitely saw that uh, it showed through the television screen. Uh, so, so I'm with you there. The Rams, Sean McVay, the Rams, Sean McVay era are 37 and 0 when leading at halftime, including the playoffs. So I saying it before the season. I said the Rams are going to come back. They're going to make the playoffs. McVay's an excellent coach. They get the run going here with Acres. And That's Jared very Goff, important too. Very important too. Jared Goff had his Kirk Cousins. You like that moment yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know a lot of people are down on Jared Goff, but you gotta give the guy some credit. One, he's been to a Super Bowl. Okay, he's yeah. won an NFC Championship. Yes, and that was coming back after a disastrous rookie season with Jeff Fisher. Yes. and now two, he broken thumb surgery and all. Off the bench, wasn't expecting to play. Leads his team to victory, yep. and they're on to the next one. I don't know if they're going to go much further in the playoffs, but heck of a job by Jared Goff and Sean McVay. Give them credit. And I, you know, this team is going to be, you know, like you mentioned with the Seahawks, a consistent nine, ten, eleven win team from here on out. Absolutely, Sean McVay deserves credit. He's a very, very good coach. And with when you when it comes to Jared Goff, uh, yes, the criticisms ha have always been there. Uh, but you are right; you make a Super Bowl and you win a playoff game like this. And I think after the performance he had yesterday, was it a great performance? No, but it was a gutsy performance. It was a tough performance. It was something that was absolutely needed. And I think, Gosling, critics, I think critics should back off a little bit. Ryan Gosling, very happy with the win. Ryan Gosling is very, very happy. We know a couple, a couple of ladies who are probably thrilled with, uh, with Jared Goff's performance. His hands. <laughs> now that game, and I, I said Rams plus three, easy because we're gonna go. Now the, the last game of the night, Washington Football Team versus the Bucks. We kind of touched on it earlier, but this is all like this is how you could sum it up. A tweet from Patrick Mahomes: "Regardless of the outcome, what a great game by Heineken." Absolutely. I think that's exactly how you sum it up. Absolutely. Played a great, great game yesterday. 
there were a lot more points in that game than I thought there would be. So I that's why I didn't do anything yesterday in, in terms of putting in bets or anything. Now, what was interesting is after the game, Heineke kept trying to like, you know, talk to Tom Brady, and Brady did not want to talk to him. And then he's like, Tom, and he touched his shoulder, and eventually he right. around. So I felt bad for the kid there, but he was probably dying to talk to Tom Brady. Feel bad for Alex Smith because he I feel bad for Alex Smith too. He would have he would have had Washington in that game the whole way through. If they would have Alex Smith as a starter from week one, then they would have been seven and nine. Yeah, they would have probably been nine and seven or ten and six. Right. So Joe Buck's win, they're not they weren't impressive though. So I don't I don't really know. People think they're making a Super Bowl run. I don't really see it happening. I don't see it happening either. I don't think they were that impressive yesterday either. I'm with you here. They played well enough to win. They did everything that they needed to win. Uh, but now they're not going to play the Rams next week. They're going to play, uh, what is it, one of probably they're the Packers the or the Saints, right? They're going to play the Saints. Right. That's a very tough game. They're they're going to have to win two. And what, really Joe, what happened games. the last two times the Saints played the Bucks, and everybody said that the Bucks were going to win? The Saints blew him out both times. Yeah. Now, Brustman wants to know, with Heineke's play yesterday, will he stay as the backup of Alex Smith next season, or will there be teams needed for QBs reaching out to Washington for a punch? Oh, track? yeah. <laughs> I mean, you uh, saw Matt Flynn have that one star for the Packers, right? Yeah. It, it, seems like, yeah. it seems like he'll maybe he'll stay on as a backup. I love Kevin Burkhart's tweet. How did this guy not even start in the XFL? <laughs> yeah, he played really well yesterday. Definitely above everybody's expectations. All right, so that's that's yesterday's games. Now we got some big games today. You, game on, you got the game on ESPN with our guy Steve Levy. Then you sure. got the game on Nickelodeon and the game on Fox. So I'll be watching the Nickelodeon game because I'm very curious to see what that's all about. And the nighttime <laughs> game, of course, streamed on Peacock as well. But now let's get into some games here. Get some money action on here. Everything for you. We'll start with the game, which is going to be a smash mouth game here. This is probably going to be the best game of the day. And it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens as three and a half point road favorites heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Over under is 54. Two very tough numbers. Very tough numbers. Yeah, I think... For right here, I'm gonna go Ravens minus three and a half. I think they're they're ready to go, ready for revenge. They gotta win, and they you know they they're embarrassed last year by this team, so they're they're motivated. They could stay hot ever since Jackson's come back. They just looked unstoppable. Um, over under, I guess I'll go with the under just because it's the playoffs, and you would think that. Teams are going to be a little more tight on defense. And I think the Ravens will have a plan for Derrick Henry. And I think with with the way Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are going to be scoring points today early on, they're not going to the, – the, the Titans aren't going to be able to stick to that run plan. So they're going to have to end up throwing the ball. Won't be as much scoring. Uh, so give me the Ravens here and give me the under. Yeah, this is a difficult over-under for me because I think – the focal points of this game are going to be Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Derrick Henry, uh, and they're all more likely to be game-breaking 
uh, with their legs. So I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how many points are scored early in this game. Uh, if there's a touchdown or two in the first quarter or so, then we're well on our way to, to, to go with the over. Uh, it's a very, very difficult number. I could see it leaning either way. Uh, very, very tough bet. I agree with you on the Ravens, though. Coming off of last year, it was a super disappointing flat effort in that game coming off the 14-2 season against the Titans and that loss. They were utterly dominated by Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, who made a couple of really great throws in that game. Uh, the key to this game for the Titans winning is, is Ryan Tannehill. Because I think you're 100% right. The Ravens are going to 100% sell out to stop the run. And they're going to tell the Titans, hey, listen, you want to beat us? Tannehill's got to throw for 300 yards, two or three touchdowns. Uh, so Tannehill could also make plays with his legs. It's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, he's got a couple of really nice receivers. Uh, Corey Davis had a really solid season. A.J. Brown had a tremendous season once again. And he had that ridiculous play at the end of the season against Houston. Uh, that helped them clinch the AFC South in this game. Uh, so we've seen the Ravens and the Titans play a couple of really good playoff games throughout the years. This is becoming one of the uh, more interesting secondary playoff rivalries in, in all of the NFL. Uh, two good coaches. Uh, last year, this game was played in Baltimore. This year, it's, it's played in Tennessee. going to be interesting to see uh, what kind of impact that has on the Titans. Uh, last year, they were us against the world. They went to New England, won a road playoff game. They went to Baltimore. They run a road playoff game. Uh, very tough to ride that momentum in consecutive years. Only a handful of teams have ever done it. Uh, so I am with you here. I like the Ravens. I like the three and a half. I think they're going to win this game outright. I could see this game being a four-point game. Uh, could see the Ravens very easily winning by a touchdown, maybe like 27-20. Uh, I want to say over, but I think – with the way that they're going to try to implement the ground game on both sides, I think that's going to make it a little more difficult for them to hit this total combined. So I'm going to say under with you, but I definitely think this game is going to get into the 20s. So it's Brisbane, kind of like are we going to see a decline in Henry's production today after a career season, which was a workhorse and rushed 2,000 yards? I don't think he's going to be rushing for 250 yards today. I don't no. have to think. Like, like you said, yeah, if they, the Titans are going to win, he's going to have to run for at least, I'd say, no less than 125 yards. I think that is the, the cutoff. If the Titans can get him over that 125-yard mark, chances are they played really well and they probably won the game. But if they can hold Derrick Henry under that total and they get him maybe 100 yards and a touchdown – and they hold Tannehill to maybe like 200 yards and a touchdown or so, uh, then the Ravens will win this game. All right. Now, the next game up, we got the Bears, your Bears, and the Bears. our guy, Mitch Trubisky, heading to New Orleans to take on Drew Brees, who perhaps this is his last run. We don't know. We'll see. I hope he comes back at least another year. He's playing. He's played well enough, I think, to, to merit that. Now, Joe, the over-under is 48 and a half. I'm hitting the over on that easily. That's, you know, that's a 27-24 game. Uh, I think the, the way these defenses have been playing, uh, I'm kind of going to lean that way. Although last week was pretty, pretty ugly. But 
tell us why you are rolling with Trubisky here on the plus ten and a half. <laughs> I I liked what I saw from him uh, when he became the starter again uh, after he took over for Foles. Uh, he had a really solid record this season as a quarterback. A lot of people aren't really talking about that. Uh, I think the criticisms that he gets are a little unwarranted, a little unfair. Uh, do I think he's great? No. Uh, but I think he's played well this season under the circumstances. And uh, that 10 and a half figure is very, very high. Uh, I think the Bears are certainly capable of making a couple of stops on defense, making it a little more difficult for Drew Brees to be able to move the football. Uh, I think Trubisky, uh, the plays that he can make with his legs uh, are going to be a factor in this game. Uh, I think the Bears have pretty solid weapons on offense. David Montgomery had a really good second half of the season. Uh, Allen Robinson's very good. I think he's going to be a matchup problem for the Saints. And People are saying Allen Robinson's going to be a New York Giant next year. That's certainly possible. I would hope he's either on the Jets or the Giants. Hopefully he's a Jet. That'd be nice. Uh, but I, what I will say is last year the Saints were in a very similar spot in this this, I, I don't know if you, what, what round you want to call it. It's the opening round, wild card round. Uh, they played the Vikings last year at home. Uh, they were the three seed against the Vikings, who were the six seed. Uh, very, very similar scenario here. And they lost that game outright and was our cousins. Yeah, you, you like that, right? You like that reference. There was a very controversial play at the end of that game with the touchdown, and that's why the Vikings won. And Stephon Diggs. Yeah, yeah and the, the controversy uh, the last couple of years that the Saints have had to deal with between the NFC Championship game with the Rams, the Vikings last year. Uh, so I think they're going to be focused to win this game because they don't want anything. Uh, they don't want to let up getting uh, let down, getting in the way of uh, maybe making try to, to make one more run with Drew Brees. Uh, but I think this line is way too high. Uh, yeah, the Bears were old at last week against the Packers, uh, but I think the Packers are better than the Saints. Uh, I think Drew Brees this season, has he's played well, but certainly the limitations that he's had as a player have, have certainly started to show. Uh, I think the 10.5 is way too much, way too much. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bears here. I'm going to take the 10. I'm with you, and I'm going to take the over. Right. Breastman says, what are the Saints' chances today if they get both Thomas and Kamara back on the field together? And if Breeze does not make it to the Super Bowl, do we see him retire after the season? Uh, the Saints have a great chance even without Thomas and Kamara both back. I think they're going to win the game, no, no doubt about it. But I believe they're both going to play. They both activated last night from the COVID list. And right. if Breeze wins the Super Bowl, we see him retire. If he doesn't make the Super Bowl and they don't win the Super Bowl, then we see him potentially run it back for one more season. But we do have to keep in mind that he already signed before this season a two-year deal with NBC. Right. Uh, they're gonna. He's gonna do. He's supposed to do Notre Dame football games uh, starting next year, and then they're gonna transition him to the booth. That uh, he's probably gonna replace Chris Collins, or that's gonna be him, Mike Tirico. So we'll say he's gonna. But he's gonna just do Notre Dame games and do uh, football night in America. We'll see if he replaces. Uh, my old friend Chris Sims on the on the Football Night in America, but Drew Brees not as controversial, but he's definitely a bigger name. All right, now Joe, we're going to talk about the Browns and the Steelers, and 
with Mason Rudolph last week, the Browns just barely wanted to make the playoffs. Now, no Kevin Stefanski. By the way, I think he should be coach of the year and did a great job. And that's the difference here for me. So I got to take the Steelers at home, minus five and a half. Uh, I think they're going to show up big time today because everyone's been writing them off since week week 12. The over-under is interesting. It's 47 and a half, which isn't that huge. But I'm going to kind of lean with the under on this one just because I think that, uh, again, the Browns are going to be impacted offensively when I have in their head coach. And I think just the way that the Steelers game plan offensively, they're not going to try to outscore you. They're going to just try to score enough and then continue on defense. That's kind of where I see Tomlin's game plan. So that's that's where I'm leaning on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Can't disagree with anything you said there. Uh, Stefanski definitely should be right there in the coach of the year discussion. I think it's going to be him or McDermott. Absolutely. Uh, and I think both are very, very truly deserving of it. Both are de- definitely warranted uh, if either does win. I, I think you're spot on here with your assessment. Uh, the Browns have had difficulty with the Steelers this season. Uh, these two teams played each other just last week. And I think the Steelers are going to be motivated uh, a little more uh, in order to come out and, and uh, hold serve at home. I think the defense of Pittsburgh is much better right now than Cleveland's. And I think it's going to be intriguing to see what Baker Mayfield does in his first playoff game. Now, he carries that moxie and that swagger with him. And if it's going, it's going. And he plays really well. But if it's not going, it gets bad real quick. Uh He's definitely turnover prone. We've seen him throw a couple of uh, lame duck throws this year that have turned into interceptions. Uh, He can't make any of those throws today. He's got to be perfect. Uh, The Browns can run the ball, so it'll at least create some issues for the Steelers on defense. All right. So, Westman has a good question to that point. More of a deciding factor for today's game. The Browns offense or the Steelers defense? Definitely the Steelers defense. Uh, I think... The Steelers' defense this season overall in two games against Cleveland has done a really good job holding their offense in check. Uh, I do think the Browns can run at you you know, a couple different ways. Both Chubb and Kareem Hunt had really good seasons this year. Uh, but I think the key to this game for the Browns is going to be Baker Mayfield because I think if the Browns win this game, it's going to be because Baker Mayfield had a great game. And I just think that is too tall of a task going against the Steelers' defense who – uh, well, we saw them rest a couple players last week. Uh, I think they're going to be rested and energized and motivated to go this week. Uh, we've seen Mike Tomlin have a bunch of very disappointing playoff efforts with Pittsburgh, a uh, few being in the first round through the years. Uh, so I don't think that's going to be a factor today. I, I'm with you here. I like the Steelers. The five and a half is a little steep. It's a little steep for me, but I think the Steelers are capable of covering it. So I will take and I will lay the five and a half with you. Over under, again, very, very tricky, but a big national game at night. 
Sunday, cold, Heinz Field. Uh, it seems like this is the kind of game where the Steelers typically thrive and and are able to hold teams in check and, and keep them to, to, to low scores. Uh, so I'm going to take the under here. Uh, and I think the, the running game, again, like we said in the first game, will hold the score down a little bit. Uh, that'll be a huge factor. So I think the Browns' offense will be able to move the ball. I definitely think they'll be able to put up uh, a couple touchdowns, you know, maybe they put up 17 points, maybe they put up 20 points. Uh, but I think the Steelers are definitely the, the class of uh, the division uh, as of now. And I think that they're going to be motivated to come out and not lose to the same team two, two weeks in a row. So we're going to take the Steelers minus five and a half, and we're going to take the under, which is right now it's 47 and a half. You should probably get it now before it moves down because I could totally see this moving down. Uh, at least a half a point or a full point by the the uh, later on by tonight. So we're all on the same page here. Ravens minus you know, three and right. and a half, Bears plus ten and a half, and Steelers minus five and a half. But we got the Saints, Ravens, and Steelers winning. So Joe, that means in the AFC next week we got the Steelers and the Bills. We got the Ravens and the Chiefs, and <laughs> now we're going to get our Super Bowl predictions here. But since we're not going to get both of these games next week because we're on a Sunday and there will be some games Saturday. Who was playing in the AFC Championship game? I got Patrick Mahomes taking on Josh Allen, and I cannot wait for that. That's that's where I think we're going to be staying two weeks from now. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, assuming that our predictions today hold and we're three for three, uh, and I and I think there's a good chance that we will be three for three. I think the the Ravens Titans game I think is the really the one game that's going to flip either either way, which is going to be intriguing to see. But assuming that we get the Ravens and the Chiefs, which would be a tremendous game, uh, most people wanted to see it last year. Uh, could have happened in the AFC Championship game. Obviously, it didn't happen with the Titans upsetting the Ravens. That'll be a really great game itself. Uh, Titans Chiefs would be a good game too. Yeah, and and that. If if we do get Ravens Chiefs, I wouldn't count out the Ravens. You can't you can't count you them can't out. Count you know out why? The because the Chiefs off this week. Last week the Chiefs don't play their starters, so to pick up momentum after a two week bye, a little tough. But the Ravens have been rolling since since November. Yeah, and that and that in that case, it would be very very hard. Again, it's very hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes, especially after what he did last year. He was down double digit points in three straight playoff games and won them all and won the Super Bowl. So, uh, assuming that those two matchups happen, I would have Kansas City beating Baltimore. Uh, the layoff would be very, very tricky to deal with. But again, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and then Pittsburgh-Buffalo. We saw this game a couple weeks ago. We saw Buffalo win this game. Uh, very, very difficult. Uh, I'm sure Pittsburgh would come out better to play in that scenario, but I'm with you there. Josh Allen is is simply playing too well right now. Uh, I think the Bills would ride a lot of momentum. And, and I think overall, uh, they're a little more explosive and they have the ability to to make more game-breaking plays than the Steelers do at this point. So I'd be with you. You know, I'm, I'm all in on the, the possibility of seeing a, a Kansas City Chiefs versus Buffalo Bills AFC Championship game. I think it's good. I think it's going to happen. Now, the NFC side, you know, according our, making sure our picks go to plan here, we got the Bucks and Saints – and then we got the Packers taking on the Rams. So we're going to have the Packers taking on the Saints. And once again, for 
We're going to get a one-two matchup in the NFC. So that's I think we're going to see Packers, Packers Saints, Breeze versus Rodgers. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're both leaning all chalk here with the, the, the top two seeds in, in each conference. I think the Packers are more likely to beat the Rams. It's going to be very, very difficult, I think, for the Rams to go in there with Jared Goff and, and be able to play two straight strong games, especially with the way Rodgers is playing. Uh, although that, that defense is good. Jalen Ramsey's good. Aaron Donald can definitely sack Rodgers a couple of times, but I think it's too tall of a task. Uh, and the Saints and the Bucks game, I think, is going to be very interesting because the Saints blew out the Bucks twice this season, and I don't think they're going to blow them out a third time. So, of the four games, uh, assuming that the, the the results that we predicted here hold, and we get those four games next week, of the four games next week, I think the two games that will be coin flips more so will be would be Chiefs Ravens and Packers uh and um, I'm sorry uh Buccaneers Saints. Right. Uh, those are and the two games I think would if, be total toss-ups. If the Bucks can beat the Saints, I think the Packers are going to be worried because you right. saw the you saw the Bucks shut down the Packers earlier. Yes. Yes, we saw that happen earlier in the season. Uh I think the Buccaneers are more well equipped to go into Green Bay and win an NFC championship game as opposed to the Saints. I think it's very difficult for the Saints to come out of that this, the, 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 the environment that they have in the Dome. I know I get there's no fans. That's, that really, really has hurt them. Uh, but they are used to playing in domes and southern environments and warmer environments. And Brady is used to the cold in New England. He's got 20 years experience doing it. Bronkowski and Antonio Brown used to the cold as well. In that scenario, if the Packers, assuming they play one of the Saturday games next week, which I think is very, very likely, uh, assuming that Buccaneers and the Saints, if they play a third time, and that's the the Fox game that you see on Sunday in the the afternoon or the evening, which I think is very, very possible. uh, If the Packers are waiting on one of those two teams, I think the team that they would more likely want to see, believe it or not, would be the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and... We're not we're not TV execs, but we're all, we we get predict a lot of the future. So yes, you're gonna you get the afternoon, the prime time Fox game is gonna be Saints Packers, and the right. prime time and the prime not the prime time, but the four o'clock slot AFC CBS game uh, would be the um, the Bills and the, and the Steelers. So that's what's gonna happen. But now, Joe, Super Bowl prediction time here. The last seven Super Bowls, all 14 participants had a first-round bye. Yeah. This year, there's only one team each conference with a first-time bye. So that would tell yeah. you we're definitely getting the Chiefs versus the Packers, right? <laughs> but, I mean, the Packers I got going to the Super Bowl. However, I think the Bills are going to do it. I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. They're going to get the Super Bowl. The first time these two teams played, you got to remember the Chiefs won, but it was the Bills were coming off all these schedule changes due to COVID. They were looking ahead. They were ready for that game. So it just didn't work out. And I think the Bills are going to do it and they're going to get to the Super Bowl this year. So give me the Bills versus the Packers 
for the Super Bowl, Joe. <laughs> I I totally see that potentially playing out. Uh for the for the sake of not picking the same thing that pick the Ravens. Did. Come on, pick the Ravens. I will pick the Chiefs and the Packers simply just to differentiate our picks. But, but I, I definitively think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. I think they're the most complete team in the NFC. And I think with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, it's going to be very difficult for him not to make a Super Bowl. Uh, he's only made one Super Bowl in his career. It seems like, you know, most of the, the great ones at least get there twice, if not more. Uh, opportunities in the past. They had that tough NFC championship loss against Seattle. Uh, they lost to the Falcons, and then when they got blown out, they lost to the 49ers last year. Uh, Rodgers has had a couple times in the NFC Championship to game to get back there. He's come up short a couple of times. This is the year I think he gets back. I think, the Pack- like I said, the Packers are the most complete team. Yeah. On the AFC cry- side- it's, really, it's really crazy, Joe, that Rodgers and Breeze and Dan Marino have a combined two Super Bowl runs. Yeah, it's wild. But it just it just goes to show you that you could be as talented as you want and play the quarterback position, but uh, it's definitely kind of overall a team game. So, uh, yeah. So just to differentiate a little bit from you, uh, I think the Ravens, the Bills, and the Chiefs all are still Super Bowl contenders. I think those are the three teams you got to watch in the AFC. So, uh, Joe, let me ask you: if and you have the right to switch in two weeks. If the Bills blow out the Steelers next week and the Chiefs narrowly escape the Ravens, you might think you can maybe start leaning more towards the Bills. Well, I'm not leaning. I'm not leaning against the Bills. I'm just picking something different than uh, you. What yeah, do you think? Rich, Man- Eisen, Rich Eisen's with you. Staten Island guy is with you. He picked the Packers and the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Another Staten Island guy gave his pick. I'm going to put it on the screen here. I want to see if you can guess what Brustman said his Super Bowl pick is. I'm going to guess. I would say the Packers and the Bills. He's got the Bills and the Titans battling the AFC. No, that doesn't make any sense. He's got the Packers and the Bills. I knew it. There you go. Yeah, I figured you you and him were, were on the same page with that. We didn't discuss, but listen, it's, right. it was a fun show. We'll be back here next week. We'll talk about the games that happen on Saturday. We'll talk about the games that are going to happen on Sunday. We'll <laughs> talk more about the coaching carousel and all that good drama. I'm sure the Jets will make some news as well. I mean, we'll be talking about the Mets with their next deal also. So yeah. that's going to do it here for this episode of United Run of Football. Enjoy the games today. And... Enjoy the football. Football season's coming to the end here, but best of luck to you on your bets and best of luck to your teams if you're a fan of these teams. So, for Joe Calabrese, I am Nick Durst, and this has been You Now I'm Right on Football. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.